We're in the middle of a series, Our God, a Builder. This year is the year of building. God is going to show us how to build. And there's a lot that's going to be built in our lives. Can I hear an amen? amen. We're using Exodus 25 as our main verse. And the Lord said unto Moses, saying, spoke unto Moses, saying, speak unto the children of Israel, that they bring me an offering of every man that gives it willingly with his heart. You shall take my offering. Verse 8, let them make me a sanctuary or let them build me a sanctuary that I may dwell among them according to all that I show you after the pattern of the tabernacle and the pattern of all the instruments thereof, even so shall you make it. We said God is a builder. God is an architect. God is, that's just the way God works as an architect. He gives Moses a plan. He calls it a pattern. And he says to him, build according to this plan or build according to this pattern. Somebody say, God is a builder. Say it again. God is an architect. And so as an architect, God instructs us to build. God instructs us to follow a pattern. In fact, that's just the way God is. Psalms 127 verse 1, unless the Lord build a house, they labor in vain that build it. Somebody say God is a builder. So it's worth noting, Basalana, even when God made a woman, the Bible says he bonnet her different to a man who was yatart. When God built a woman, he built her and we know that word Bono also means to obtain children, to make. Figuratively, it means to begin to build. God made woman with that ability to be a builder. It's an inborn, God-given quality within women that they are builders. So it's interesting that after God had yatzart the man, he went back to what he had yatzart and born not what he had yatzart. Look at your neighbor who doesn't understand and say, I'm sorry you were not here last week, but he's talking about last year. So we know that God is a builder. God bonus. Matthew 16, 18, Jesus says, Thou art Peter upon this rock, I will build my church. We know that expression built is the word oikodomio, which literally means a house builder. Jesus says, even when it comes to how I work in my body, the body of Christ, I'm a house builder. That word oikodomio means to construct. God is a constructor. It means to edify, to embolden. So God is a builder. Ephesians 2, 19, 22 says, tells us, second part of 22 says, we are built upon the foundation of apostles and prophets. And that's the word epoch oikodomio. It means we are built upon. God is a builder. It means to rear up. To build upon. So God is a builder. And the building is God modus operandi. Therefore God has designed that in life. Anything that matters in life must be built. Anything. Whether it's a business, it must be built. Whether it's a spiritual life, it must be built. Whether it's a church, it must be built. It's a marriage, it must be built. It's a family, it must be built. It's relationships, it must be built. In other words, God says, you will never have success in life if you are running after microwave things. God says the only way to have success in life is to learn to approach life from the building mentality. Be a builder. And so building requires a number of things, and we talked about them last week. First of all, we said building, number one, requires a pattern or a plan. In Exodus 25, God says to them, build according to all that I show you after the pattern. Somebody say pattern. Look at the neighbor and say, neighbor, I hope you have a pattern. After the pattern of the tabernacle and the pattern of all the instruments. So the word pattern, it means plan. So true life building means you've got to have a plan. And a plan has specifications provided. Plans describe the scope. Plans describe the purpose. Plans talk about the material which needs to be used. And they need to be executed one by one. And therefore, I'm hoping this year that you are, have a plan for your life. 
And may that plan be fashioned after the plan that God has given to you. I'm hoping you didn't charge into 2019 with a mentality that Uzoba ne lack. Because you're not going to go anywhere if you do not have a plan. I hope you have a vision for 2019. You have a plan. You, you, you know exactly what you want to do as you have been inspired by God. Look at your neighbor and say, I hope you have a plan, neighbor. I hope you have a plan. Too many times people run into life hoping that maybe they'll be lucky. And they aim at nothing, hoping to hit something. But you need to have a plan. So God says, build according to plan. Even in our lives, we ought to build according to the plan that God gives us. Number two, building involves using many different things. Just to build this, you needed a plan. We need engineers. And even the engineers in engineers in different areas. You know, you've got structural engineers. You've got engineers that deal with with, with the fire thing and you've got people who consider that which has to do with plumbing. We need plumbers. We need electricians. We need builders. We need different materials. We need project managers. Just to build this thing, you need so many different things. So you need to understand, if you're going to build your life, you must learn how to coordinate many different things at the same time. And to be somebody who will be committed to working and making sure that all the different parts of your life are, are balanced. See, if you go to the gym and you want to have a great, beautiful body, you know, they, 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 will, they will give you a program that has to do with all different parts of your body. You know, and I know in my days when I used to go to the gym, I don't go anymore as much. I don't go actually. <laughs> when I used to go. There are people that when they first just come into the gym, the first thing they go to the barbells and they start doing the curl-ups. So you can see that their biceps are very big. But when you look at their shoulders, when you look at their chest, when you look at their legs, when you look, it's only the biceps that are bulging. How many of you are sitting next to somebody with bulging biceps, but there's nothing else is proportional? And if you have a good gym instructor, they will design a program for you, a working program. If you go to the gym maybe three, day, three times a week or five days a week, They'll design a program suited to that to cover all body parts. So when you go on Monday, maybe you do the chest and the back. And then when you go on Tuesday, maybe you do, you do the shoulders. Uh, 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 and, and, and maybe you do, you do what? Uh, 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 the shoulders and the, the arms. And then on Wednesday, you do the legs, you know. And, and, but the stomach, you must do every day. <laughs> Yeah, because, you know, the stomach is very stubborn. It, 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 it doesn't comply easy. And even with the stomach, there's three, there's three parts to your stomach. You know, if you, if you want to have a nice one, it's the, it's the lower one, the upper one, and the obliques, the sides. And there's different exercises. If you want to hit the lower, the lower ones, you do the leg raises. If you want to hit the upper one, you do the sit-ups. If you want to hit the sides, you do the twists. And, and, and you can, you can, no, no, I'm, I'm just helping some of you. I'm just helping some of you. And, and any good, any good trainer will tell you, you must do hundred repetitions per part. Non-stop. Yeah. Some of you, you do 10 and you, you want to be, you want to have a, you want to have a six pack and you wonder you just have one big, one big pack. My trainer used to tell me, you have to, you have to do, and, but even then, you also must watch what you eat. If you drink a lot of fizzy drinks, it's going to affect you. And when you start, you realize there's a lot of fizzy things that escape as you exercise. The next person doesn't have the revelation. Just tell, explain why you are laughing. <laughs> but even then, you've got to work different parts. And, and, but and in life, you got to first start with your spiritual life. That's the most important. But you see, it's not only about you being a born-again child of God. You also need to have a career. you got to work on that. You also have to be a relational person. There are people who are very spiritual, but they are very non-relational. They don't know how to relate with people. They, they are not good friends. How many of you are sitting next to somebody who is a good friend? No, I got you. You, you, you thought I... Uh, you must also learn how to be 
how, how to show compassion. You must learn how to work for the community. You must also study and be educated. You must also pursue a career. You must run a family. It's not just the one thing. So when you learn to be a builder, you learn that everything in life needs building. Oh, Barcelona. Everything in life. I see you building this year in the name of Jesus. Yeah. You realize that it's not just about reading the Bible. You must read the Bible and you must learn to pray. And you mustn't just read the Bible and pray. You must practice what the Bible says. And you mustn't just pray and read the Bible and practice what the Bible You must come to church every Sunday. And you mustn't just come to church every Sunday. You must get involved in the church. Ah! It's not just the one thing. Building, it doesn't involve one thing. It involves being able to multitask. Are you there, Barcelona? Thirdly, we said, true building is not to be hurried. Because true building involves process. And this is why builders know there are times when, you, like when you are casting a foundation, a concrete foundation, they will tell you the builders, you must give it time to settle. You know? You must give it time. You pour the concrete, you do what you should do, but you've got to leave it alone to settle. You can't just hurry and start building on it. It hasn't settled yet. So you understand that when you are a builder, there are times when you must learn the secret of waiting talked about it during the week. If you, if, you, if you are hurried about, if you have a hurried spirit about you, you'll never build anything of substance. And that's why you find a lot of people who are in a rush, you keep starting new projects every year. Thank you for those enthusiastic amens. I'll take them by faith. And some people every year will never start. Sebabuyil. Saying she saw more. Every year. So all those New Year resolutions, you keep recycling them. And then come February, you're no longer on it. Come March, you've moved away from it. Look at your neighbor and say, I can tell by your quietness. you got to understand that you've got to give things time. You've got to stick it out. You've got to give things time to settle. So sometimes building rests from their labors. They give the world time to settle or the foundation time to settle. Lest by overpowering the foundation, they bring their work into destruction. So I was saying it in the, in the, in the, in the, in the previous service that, you know, that people are not in a, you know, people are so much in a rush to be successful. Now, we all want to succeed, Bazalana. Don't misunderstand me. But sometimes some people's success ruins them because they were not ready for it. They didn't grow into it. All of a sudden, Mutona, Utsweri Loto, 50 million. You don't know what to do with it. Tell your neighbor, Uxwilo, Bishop Uxwilo, Marcolon. So we never figure out why is it that this person will attract 10 million three years later, they don't have it. You see? But it's because, see, they hadn't gotten disciplined in what building is about. Because if things just descend on you suddenly and you didn't build towards it, you won't know how to sustain it. You wonder why people inherit things, inherit a good business, run it down. Inherit a thriving church, run it down. So we must learn how to build. So number four, that's where we are starting today. Number four, building requires laying a solid foundation. Laying what? Somebody say a solid foundation. Say it again, a solid foundation. Say it one more time, a solid foundation. 1 Corinthians 3, verse 11, it says, For no one can lay any foundation other than the one already laid, which is Jesus Christ. Spiritually speaking, there's no other foundation, Barcelona, that we are building on except the foundation of Christ. We're not building on miracles. We're not building on signs and wonders. We're not building on prophecies. You know, there are some people, but now they've built their lives on prophecies in How many of you are sitting next to one of those prophetic people? 
Some people have been, no, we build our lives on the foundation which is Jesus Christ. We get born again. We follow the teachings of Christ. Whatever he says, that's the foundation of our lives. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Let's define a foundation. The, the King James Version uses this word so many times and it, it, it means a number of things. Number A, A, A. I'm still on number four, by the way. A. I can live at like Guignal. Point four A. A foundation is the basis of an edifice or the basis of a building. That part of a building that lies on the ground or below the ground. And usually it's a wall or a stone that supports the building. But it lies on the ground or below the ground. We'll come back to that. B. The word foundation when it's used in the Bible, it talks about the act of fixing the basis. The act of fixing the basis. In other words, a foundation helps us to be fixed, to be immovable. We are fixed. See, we need to be fixed in our belief systems. Yeah. Scar, now when you hear some other doctrines now, you forsake what you have been taught. You've got to be fixed in your belief. If Jesus is Lord, Jesus is Lord. If, if you are a child of God and you are serving God, you serve God and God is God in your life, whether things are good, whether things are not bad. See, if you are not fixed, when things are not going so well, you forsake God, you go consult other things. See, it means the basis of groundwork or anything on which anything stands. In other words, it talks about that which is supported by something. You've got to have a solid foundation. It's got to support it. This building, Barcelona. Many of you don't know. Just this building alone, this one, this one, NJ, this one only. Not, I'm not even talking about the, the, that wing for children. I'm not talking about the youth hall or even the, 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 the chapel. Just this building. This building alone, if you were, they actually, it has, actually has a membrane all around, a plastic membrane right underground, and the soil in that area, before we could start building, it was filled with water. Pre-wetting, yeah, pre-wetting. So what they did is they put a plastic membrane all around our building, all around, all around, all around the circumference of the building, and they pumped it with water until it, the, the, the soil was saturated with water because this, this whole area is clay. So they put that plastic membrane to retain all the water, so that the water is so saturated that it cannot, it cannot have more water in it. And then what they did, they drilled right inside 166 holes called piles. They are almost six meters in diameter, eh? six meters in diameter and six meters down. So, I mean, this old man I was talking about last week, he came with this big machine to drill this big hole. So it was the first time for me. I used to see these machines on television. It was the first time to see the machine here. A big machine with a huge drill bit like this, drilling down. And then what they did after they drilled down these six holes, then they poured concrete in it with steel. So they put steel, they actually make steel, a circle of steel, Tied it, tied with wire, lots of steel, lots of steel. Six meters down, and they put that steel in there, and then they pour concrete in it. I remember when they were doing that, there were trucks that had lined up all the way. Trucks. They come and pour the concrete. You see, all the concrete of ones are going into one hole, and there's 166. I'm thinking, Lord Jesus. Huh? I mean, so many trucks. 166. That's a lot of trucks. And then finally then, after they had done that, they, they, they left. And then, then, you know, and then, and then afterwards they said, you must give it time to settle. And then I, I went to check how much it cost us. Three million rands. 
And this is in 2000 when money was money. <laughs> it's not now. 2000. Three million rands. All underground. Somebody say we're building. A lot of what will help you to have something stable will go underground. Uh, some of you, you are not blessed. No matter what I say, you are not blessed. That's why when you are starting to build whatever you are building, you go through many years of struggling. Usaboni next. It's not that how Bonnie next. It's because everything you are doing is going underground. Yeah. And all these columns that you see, this one, that one, that one, that one, all the walls, all those gray things, all these things, you are just seeing the part on top, there's six meters down. That all of them, they go all the way down. So this building is literally standing on 166 legs. So that as the clay moves, as the clay soil moves, the building just moves like a raft. It just... Yeah? When things move, but, 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 the, but if you didn't do this, when the soil moves, the building breaks. It gets cracks. The way this building is built, we can still build and go up. We can still put other levels. Because, you see, if, if you want to grow non-stop. Oh, let me hear an amen in the house. If you want to grow non-stop, you don't focus on what can be seen. You focus on what cannot be seen in the foundation. Have the foundation of prayer. Have the foundation of godliness. Have the foundation of loving Jesus. Have the foundation of integrity. Have the foundation of holiness. Nobody sees this. Nobody knows. Mara, you know when it's underground. And all they see is your success and your prosperity. Mara, have understand it. That's not where it started. It starts way down where they don't see. Can I hear an amen? Yeah. All buildings will need a solid foundation. Can I hear an amen? amen. Can I hear an amen? Nikita A, B, C. D, E, C, D, D, 4D. The foundation is the lowest load-bearing part of the building. Typically below ground level. So, it carries the load. So, I'm trying to say to you, Bazalan, don't try to skip the foundation level. Are you understanding what I'm saying? Don't skip it because, because anybody who understands, when you see construction going on and you see this massive foundation being laid, you already know that there's a massive building coming here. You already know. So, if God is slowing you down, because he wants you to build a massive foundation. Because all you have to do is to lay the foundation. Give it time to settle. Once it has settled, you start building and you're not going to stop. I see you not stopping in the name of Jesus. Somebody shout hallelujah. So watch this. I'm still on number four. Why do we need a foundation? Number one, because it's the part of the building that carries most of the load. That's why you need it. That's why God's a builder. And he wants you to build a foundation. If your life is not built on foundations, and I'm going to show you what it is, values and so on, you're going to have a problem in life. If you're not built on a belief system. But why is it that God wants us when we marry and we're Christians, we should marry to somebody else who's a Christian also? right? <laughs> Why? I'm not talking about color or the, I'm saying there must be a Christian as well. I'll tell you why. Because as a Christian, my foundation and my approach to life is based on God's word. Yeah. As a Christian, I pray to God, we tithe, we go to church, we don't drink, 
We don't smoke, or should I say we shouldn't drink? Because these days, some of the people, I don't understand them. We shouldn't smoke. We shouldn't cheat. There's no need to be more program here. Cheaters There's no need. We don't cheat. We, we tithe. So there's no issues. There's no issues about money. We don't have to fight about tithing. We go to church. There's no, this is clear. When children are born, we are raised to Tengata. No, we bring them to church to be dedicated. We, 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 don't, we don't do other things. I see you don't like my sermon. And that's how I'm going to preach even more. I can see. So what do people do? People go, they marry someone who's not a Christian. Because she's a beautiful girl who's a knockout. <laughs> He's a hunk of a guy. With a deep voice. Oh. So people marry. And we never ask the foundation questions. Yeah. Yeah. You don't know that. So that was a hit song of our time. Number one on the hit parade. So because of you never asked those questions. So what happens? You try to build a house. Right? You won't see that during the time of dating when you are still on a high. You won't see it. It's after the gates. Now what I go get a out here or your group. I'm going to go home and pega and alan ozong shia and oti minangzas guzosala nobar. Then you discover hey, the foundation neke matat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Next thing you find out, she has done something. How about her? How must learn a razam? What la fellow crosses ever later in two months? Kung wai putar how her? How must redid a tooth? Somebody say foundation. Yeah. Yeah. See, what, what, what you start your life with is very critical. Why do we need foundations? B, foundations are the expensive part of our lives. It costs Isaiah 28, 16 says, Behold, I lay in Zion for a foundation, a stone, a precious cornerstone. Jesus is called a precious cornerstone. In other words, foundations are expensive. Like I told you, three million rands. And, and the expense of foundation is not just in terms of money. To have a strong foundation, sometimes you have to forego certain relationships. Sometimes you have to accept that certain people are going to break, they're going to break, they're not going to relate with you. You're not going to get certain favors because you want a good foundation. Like I told you, you know, when we were looking for the, for the, for the loan fund, somebody wanted us to bribe one bank to give us a loan. And I said, no, we're not going to bribe. And he said, in that case, they won't give you the loan. And of course, we never got the loan from that bank. I won't tell you which one. Because I wasn't willing to go that route. It's not that deep. It's quite expensive, Bazalan. When you when when you're not gonna when you're not gonna compromise on your morality to get a, a promotion at work. It's expensive. Look at your neighbor who didn't clap their hands and say, why didn't you clap your hands? <laughs> See, every foundation has non-negotiable ingredients. You've got to have the ingredients right. Or otherwise, it's going to be a problem. When they cast the, the foundation of their church, the quantities of air discovered that the mixture was incorrect. So they had to undo it and the service provider come and do the right thing. After they had done that, they started building. 
And then when it rained, the building fell. The bricks were dissolving. <coughs> so they found out that the mixture is not all right. But there are certain non-negotiable ingredients in foundations. D, a foundation is a defense. Somebody say it's a defense. Say it again. It's a defense against certain attacks. In other words, it's a defense against attacks that are going to come certainly. They are, they are, anything that you are building, any plan, any goal, any vision is going to be attacked. And if it's not built on a good foundation, it's going to crumble. Look at the book of Matthew. Matthew 7. Jesus says, therefore, whoever hears these things of mine and does them, I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on what? I can hear you. Build their house on what? How about you? It's on the screen. You build their house on the what? On the what? On the rock. They build their house on a rock. And building on a rock is very difficult. And it's very expensive. I mean, some of the people you see when they're building their houses, particularly on the mountain, wherever it's mountainous. Have you ever gone to a mountainous place and see some of the houses that are built there? I've been to some of these mountainous places and they're building a house. They spend a lot of money in earthworks because they have to cut, level the ground, remove some rocks and, and whatever. And then even when they lay the foundation, it's very expensive. And sometimes the house has to have many, many floors. This, 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 it's very expensive. <laughs> to build there. But you build a house on a rock, but the foundation is strong. Note what it says next verse. It says, and the rain descended. Somebody say the rain descended. The floods came. Somebody say the floods came. The wind blew. Somebody say the wind blew. It blew where? And beat where? And what happened? What happened? Why did it not fall? Why did it not fall? It was founded on the rock. The other man who's called an unwise man built his house on a sand. So, and they didn't want to spend either. Uchahile, Useinah. He's Changan, what's on Nana? Chahile, Sonana. So he built his house, quickly built. The Bible says the rain came, everything came, the floods came, and his house was destroyed. So here's a question. So the house was destroyed, Bazana, isn't it? The rain destroyed it, is that right? The floods destroyed it, is that right? You are wrong. It's not the floods that destroyed it. It's not the rain that destroyed it. It's the bad foundation that destroyed it. Because the house on the rock got the same floods. The same wind. But it wasn't destroyed because it was founded on the rock. I see your life not being destroyed because it's founded on the rock. But you see, the one who built quickly, Sainach, Hari Har, wants to do it fast, doesn't want to spend money. They build it, violating all the rules. But like every vision, it will be tested. I'm telling you. There's nothing as sad as building something and you come to the point where it's built and from nowhere it gets destroyed. There's nothing as sad. But when you build, making sure it's built the right way, you do what matters. Even if it's slow, it's a slow but a sure way. You don't have to go back and redo it. Have you ever bought some of these gadgets, these you DIY people, and you bought this gadget that had a, 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 a manual, and you're going to, 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 to set it up by yourself. And when you read the instructions, you're in a hurry. You know, it's like those of you who buy the drones. You know the drones? You know, so you bought a drone, you, you want to use your drone. Mara, you're in a hurry to make the drone fly. So you read the manual and, and they, they, 
before, in fact, even before they tell you the steps, there are certain precautions there. That's important. Some of you don't even read that. You just go to the main thing. In fact, you don't even read how to assemble. You already read how to operate. Come on, are you sitting next to somebody like that? Eh? Yeah. So you quickly assemble this thing. You skip certain steps. You assemble it. And then you, you press it for it to work. And then it, it just the... <laughs> you turn it on and it just starts spinning Maria Spina one place. And you're wondering what's wrong with this thing. And you take the remote control, you just... And then you go back to the manual and then you discover there's a step. You remember that step that you ignored? You, you, you. That step that you ignored, you were supposed to have done something and now there's a screw that's missing somewhere. But you can't put your finger in there. You can't put, you can't put anything more. You must undo the whole thing and start again. That's what happens if you ignore foundations. You'll always be going back in your life. So it's worth taking the time. Look at your neighbor who's not saying amen and say, it's worth taking the time, neighbor. It's worth taking the time. Yeah. See, the foundations are the reason behind every person's success. Proverbs 11.3 says, if the foundations are destroyed, what can the righteous do? In other words, what gives us the ability to move on is because of a foundation. You always build on something. You always establish on something. You don't build in a vacuum. You have a foundation of godliness, a foundation of prayer, a foundation of the word of God, a foundation of discipline. You can do other things. I mean, athletes will tell you there's many things that are important in being a great athlete. One of them is you must be a disciplined athlete. I mean, you look now, I mean, uh, I'm watching the cricket there. You know, they've been playing right through Christmas. Eh? Christmas, New Year, now they're still playing. In January. I don't know if we're playing in Christmas time. No, can I go ahead and cast it in the jelly? I don't want to be playing during Christmas time. So when we're eating custard and jelly, one other busy practicing. I tell you, it's a lot of discipline. They are planning in the hot sun there. It's not going to work. I mean. So, a foundation, Bazalana, it's a, it, becomes the, it becomes the basis that gives you success. So, you know, so they, they are doing well in sports because they kept a disciplined life. When all of us were partying, they were disciplined. A foundation, therefore, brings stability in your life. Remember, every one of us is a builder. Tell your neighbor you're a builder. So if you, if you intend to build something strong, this is what I want to suggest. Build what you built on the word of God. That, that's the first thing. That's the first strong foundation. Build it on God's word. What comes from God's word is the best. Secondly, build it on biblical values. Or Roman figure number two. So Roman figure number one, build on God's word. Roman figure number two, build on biblical values. What do I mean by biblical values? Values of honesty, integrity. Those are good values. Those are good values. Things that are not built on values will become shaky. This is why, like I was saying in the first service, the business world has just discovered 10, 15 years ago and they've come up with this beautiful phrase called ethical leadership. Hey, what's up? Ethical leadership has been in the Bible for many years. Ethical leadership. Go and read Exodus, the book of Exodus. When Jethro was advising Moses in Exodus chapter 18 about the qualifications of choosing leaders. He first of all says, choose people whose hearts are after God, who love God, who are faithful, who are loyal, and then who, who, who have ability. It's unbelievable. He talks about the values of honesty, godliness, and so on. There's five of them, but then he says who have ability. So in terms of gifting and talent, it's only, he only mentioned it once. He says they have to have more ethics than they have talent. 
Yeah. That's what Paul says. To Timothy says, you want to choose somebody? If somebody wants to be an elder, wants to be a deacon, they've got to be the husband of one wife. They mustn't love covetousness. They mustn't be taken to wine. They must, be, they must have a good report of people outside. It's all about lifestyle. It's all about ethics. Then he says they must be apt to teach. So the gifting and the talent is this much. But the ethics are this much. Why? Because God understands. Let me say this. God understands what sustains you on your path of growth is ethics. If you don't have ethics about you, your success will destroy you. Yeah. Pastor Ray likes to say it. That if, 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 if you don't have character, your gifts will take you where your character cannot keep you. So Samson had a problem. He was very anointed, but no character. So he quickly rose to fame. But then when he became famous, his fame destroyed him. And we say it today. People become, and then all of a sudden, the very thing they have been running after becomes their greatest destruction. Because if you haven't built character, once you start handling power at a certain level, that same power destroys you. But if you grew into, like Joseph, took him a long time to lead. He was in jail, he was ignored, but he was faithful. Even when Potiphar's wife says, come, let's cheat, he said, never. I've got ethics about me. I'm not going to do it. Yeah. See, when you have ethics, it may take a long time for you to be exposed to the world. But the day you get exposed to the world, your popularity or your fame or your success is not going to destroy you. I see your success not destroying you in the name of Jesus. Yeah. Oh, we are, we, are, we, are, we, are, we are mourning as a country as we see so many of our young people who got successful, their life just fizzling out. Through self-inflicted decisions. And we all get surprised at how Ganjan. No, no, I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised at all. If it is that you haven't grown in the area of ethics and values, and all you talk about is your gift and your ability. The day you become famous, the day you get money, the day you become a brand, all that success is going to be a problem for you. Why? Because you haven't grown into. So, Basalana, establish your lives. You know, I was saying this to our leadership. I said, you know, I, this year, by the way, parents, I'm, I'm going to be, I'll announce something maybe towards the end of the month. That is going to be very important. I want to do something different for our youth here in our church. Because I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why. I'm, I'm, I'm a bit concerned, Bazalan. You know, when we're at homemakers, there's a whole group of young people I remember very well. I know many of them that were with us and they were fairly young. They were teenagers. And we were teaching and teaching and teaching. And sometimes I wonder that in, in our attempt to teach and tell people God wants them to be successful, did we, did we so emphasize success that we didn't emphasize God enough? And, the, and those young people worked hard. They went to school. They qualified. They got married. But the minute they became in Twena, they stopped fellowshipping. They stopped coming to church. They even stopped serving God. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. You meet them years later. It's far from. They don't, even, they don't go to church. And nothing. And I thought, I think we must be careful when we talk in church. God must always be the foundation of what we do. I look at him and say, that's good preaching. Even if you're not clapping, that's good preaching. That's good preaching. And we must always start with God. So, start with God. Let God be the foundation of your life. Can I have an amen there? Can I have an amen there? Let me close, Basalanda, because my time is up. We said last week, and I'll keep repeating these points. If you learn how to build, whatever you have built, you'll know how to keep it. If you learn how to build. If you go through the process of building, whatever you have built, you'll keep it. Number two, if you learn how to build, secondly, you will know how to carry it. You know what's on? You've got to wear your success with grace. Can I say that again? Can I say that again? Wear your success with grace. 
Skare hauso saksida. Now you start having an attitude. Be gracious when your life is working. Be gracious to those whose life is not working. Don't start calling people names because they are not they haven't achieved what we have achieved. Don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. You see, you see this one person. If you have struggled into your success, and you've been through all the stages, the day you get to wherever. By the grace of God, you'll be humble about it. Yeah, you'll be humble. Because you know, you know how you struggled. You know your mistakes. You know how you were discouraged. You know at some point you didn't know what you were doing. One of the things I tell people is that I wish, and I know life is not like that. But you know what I realize even in ministry, I'm thankful to God that I didn't just start out preaching. I started in my church as an usher in the church I attended. I started as an usher, I started as a music leader, as a cell leader, as an associate pastor. I didn't start, and even before that, in the church I used to attend, I was a Sunday school teacher. Ministry looks different from the bench than it does from up here. Yeah. It's a different thing when you come to church and there's no reserved chair for you. And if you are late, you're going to park over there. It's, 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 not, it's, not, it's, it's a different thing. When you have to run to the conference to just get a seat. I know what it feels like. Yeah. To be removed from a chair. Good to know this is reserved. Like they did when we went to one, one seminar one, uh, in the US. We were sitting in a section and the usher came and said, what are you doing there? And there was no reserved sign on those chairs. There was nothing. So we came, so we rubbed some chairs. So they were not even in front. They were at the back there. We sat there. At least clearly, Pastor Dick. And the usher says, comes to us and says, what are you doing there? We? He said, yeah, you. He said, we are sitting. That's what we are doing. So why are you sitting there? He said, the, the chairs were empty. He said, No. Those chairs are not for you. They are for special people. Oh, I know how it feels like. So we... We couldn't find a, a place in the lower floor. We had to go to the balcony. Right at the back there. And sit there humbly. I know what it's like to try and not let that distract you. And try to focus on the someone when they're preaching. And do your best to say amen and get blessed. I know, I know how it feels like. But we happened to be at a service where the, the host knew we were coming. So he comes up, when he comes up, he says, where is Musa? Where is Dick? Where the back? Over here. Say, you guys, what are you doing over there? Somebody bring them to the front. Yeah, here we come. This time we are, we are being escorted. And we pass by that asha of special people. <laughs> and not only did they bring us to that section, we even passed that section and came all the way to the front. So we are sitting there kind of uh, special people. I know, I know how it feels like. But you see, if you have started at ground level and God makes you to be the one who's in front now, you carry that with grace. Because you know how it's like to be told you are not a special people. And if you let that offend you, you won't grow. You won't grow. We, we, we had a great time in the service. And we went to the Asha. We said, no, you didn't know my brother. Ne? Skawar. <laughs> but whatever you grow into, you can carry. Thirdly, you will know how to withstand the weight of it. In other words, whatever you grow into, you will know how to keep it sustained. 
Because every vision makes its own demands. And finally, you will know how to handle and build the next project. So if you can build once, you can build again. If you can build the first thing, you can build the next one. So learn how to build this here. Build your spiritual life. Build your career. You know, build your relationship with God. Build family. Build whatever. Build, 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 build everywhere. If you do that, you'll go somewhere. I see you going somewhere in love this year. I said, I see you going somewhere in love this year. In the name of Jesus. But you know, the way to start this year is for you to connect with God. The one who's the builder of our lives. Except the Lord build a house or build a life. They labor in vain. Maybe you are living your life trying to build your life without God. The Bible says, even if that's good, but if God's not involved in your life, it's all in vain. Right now in this place, you you can come into a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. You can invite Jesus Christ into your life to be the Savior and the Lord of your life, to come into your heart and make you a child of God and change your life. And he will change your life. If you don't know him as Savior and Lord, Maybe you are living far from God. You don't know how to get close to God. But as you listen to the word, you realize, you know what? To run my life without God's involvement is just to do it in vain. But I want to start this here by inviting Christ to come into my life and help me walk this path. I want to start this here by asking Jesus to come into my heart and change me and make me a child of God. I want to pray for you. Our heads bowed everywhere, please, and our eyes closed all over the place, in the foyer, in the dome, in the overflow halls, room one to four. We want to pray for you. Our heads bowed, please, our eyes closed. Please, let's not move people around in the dome there, please. Right where you are, if you want to invite Jesus Christ into your heart, I want to pray for you. You say, you know what? I want to start this year differently. I want to start this year with a foundation which is God which is Jesus Christ. Though I go to church and I love what happens in church, but I'm really not committed to Christ. I haven't yet invited him to be the Savior and Lord of my life. I need prayer. Would you please pray for me? Our heads bowed, our eyes closed. If that's you and you need prayer, would you raise your hand, please? I want to pray for you. Just raise your hand right where you are. Just raise it up. Thank you for those hands all over the place. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. May I ask all those of you who raised your hands, I want to pray with you. Would you please just stand on your feet right where you are? Just stand, please. I see people in the auditorium, in the foyer, in the dome, everywhere. Just stand on your feet. Stand on your feet. You can put your hands down. You can put your hands down, but just stand on your feet. Don't be afraid. Don't be ashamed. This is what we do in this place. We come to God unapologetically we come to God we know that because we know he's the only one who can change our lives hallelujah